Oh, yes. That's Joe Newman and friends, actually, uh, including Frank West on tenor sax, Tommy Flanagan on piano, Eddie Jones on bass, Oliver Jackson on drums. And that little number was called Wednesday's Blues. <laughs> Do you have any of those on this Wednesday? Uh, we all have some kind of blues that we're walking around with. This is Need Stories. I'm Patrice Lead. I'm all patched up and uh, ready to go. Uh, I should let you know, and I should explain my absence for two days. People thought, oh my God, she's been kidnapped. Oh my God, she's dying. <laughs> no, no, none, none of that. I had the great misfortune of slipping and falling. And I landed on the same arm that I slipped and I fell on and broke badly a couple of years ago. And in the same place, that's where the damage occurred. Um, and I had to go get it all fixed. And even when I thought it was fixed, guess what? I woke up the next morning and my arm was just blue and gray and black and brown and purple and all different, a kaleidoscope of colors. And I said, well, this can't be good. I've got to go to the hospital now and figure out what new thing has happened to me. And so they had to replace a lot of the mechanicals in there. And uh, I was very glad that I lived not too far from the hospital. So I'm okay. I'm okay. When I first broke it, when I first broke this arm, believe it or not, it was in front of the hospital. Uh, I was walking toward the bus and... Uh, they do these things sometimes with the sidewalks. They use bricks in the, at least they attempt to use the bricks as a kind of a, a pattern, an interesting pattern. Well, it was so interesting that I couldn't distinguish the regular level from this dip in the sidewalk. And of course, the dip claimed me. I fell right into it and broke my arm. My, the top part of uh, my hand uh, was literally leaning off of my forearm, and it was a disaster. And, you know, it didn't begin to hurt me until I looked at it. <laughs> so there's a tip for you. If you ever break your arm or hand or foot or leg, don't look at it. Just don't look at it, and you'll be okay. So that's what happened to me, and it took two days to just reorganize all that stuff that was put in there from the beginning. And I feel good now. Um, it was really very painful. But I'm a tough girl. So I pulled through. And I'm lying. 
I am lying right through my mouth because I tell you, it was a level of pain where you just go numb. You, you can't cry, you can't holler, you can't do it. You just go numb. And that's where I was. So I'm all patched up, and this thing has to heal better. And they say usually when you, you break something again, uh, well, you're used to it, and you deal with it better too. So that's my great hope that uh, the second time around with my broken hand, uh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. So it was so terrible being away from you for two days, two whole days. But of course, I thank, I thank everybody for pitching in and helping me through those two days programmatically and so that we could be together again. All right. Now, a couple of things. I want to inform you, I'm delighted to inform you, that that series that we have been discussing um, is going to start on Monday, February the 28th. And that series, as you may recall, were people who wanted to give it a try to take on the job of sharing information in a more organized fashion, in a, in a presentation fashion, more formalized. Uh, they called in, they signed up, and I've talked with them. Um, I'm not telling them what to do, uh, but I'm trying to just encourage them to have the, the, the courage to do it, even if they haven't done it at all. And it's the only way to go. You know, you get a lot of confidence and you start out, it may not be perfect. We don't care about that. We care that your intentions are good. You put in the work. We will hear how you developed your presentation and we will be the beneficiaries of the best kind of teaching and that is people teaching other people. That's, that's great. So before Monday, I just want to salute those who will be part of the series and thank them for their courage and thank them for their tenacity and their generosity of spirit to say, well, I think I can do this. I think I should give it a try. And I say, go right ahead and give it a try. And so we're looking forward to them starting on Monday. Now, this is how it works. We do not have, and we're not following a strict timetable, or as we say, uh, every Wednesday. We're not going to do that. Because people are taking uh, their time and are reacting to this whole thing very differently. So whenever you're ready, and they'll inform me that they're ready, many already have, 
then we schedule a time that would work for them and we go from there they'll only get better it will only get better but i'm just kind of jumping for joy very carefully <laughs> i don't want to break anything else i can't be trusted to jump for joy so i'll sit down someplace and and be very joyful about the prospect of monday so please you know pass the word around and send your good vibes to the presenters for them this is a big deal um and you know many people were hesitant they've never done this before and you know so they can't say that after monday <laughs> they, they would have become uh, 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 uh experienced at it on monday so that's my greatest hope that they will uh, in good spirits take everything in stride all right now since i was out for two days i missed the news but i didn't actually but let's just theorize what i did i'm going to depend on you today you the listeners today to tell me to tell everybody who's listening what was the news for the past two days what did you determine the big news to be and why everybody's talking about it but does that mean that's the news to your mind based on what you have called from news coverage what would you say is the news for the last two days that we should be paying attention to you are determining the news and the significance of the news event that you're talking about and you'll tell us why why was this particular story more important than other stories that were covered why did you pay attention to this particular story that you'll be telling us about today okay so we clear all right i'm so happy to be with you again and to be doing some good work hopefully today and we will discover something i guarantee you we'll discover something that you will really not be prepared as we pursue the discussion 888-874-4888 is the number to call and get this topic started what would you say is the biggest news event we all have been told what it is but that doesn't mean that's what it is something else might have come to your attention even because you thought about it or because it was completely absent from public discussion and therefore its significance 
its very significance comes from that fact. Something you consider to be very important and should have had wider coverage, but the way things work in the news business, uh, everybody else was uh, focused on one subject. So we have a chance today to correct that, to make adjustments as we see them. Uh, and I'm, I'm willing to hear what you have to say. What, from your perspective, was the news? 888-874-4888. Oh, yes. We're going to get off to a great start, I'm hoping. And uh, I thought I saw somebody there. Uh, I thought I saw some action, some activity on the board. But my maybe need to go and check my eyes now. Eight 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 seven four four eight eight eight. Lots of things have happened of great significance in the couple of days that we were not in touch with each other. But that doesn't mean we do not comment on it and we do not recognize that it was a story or these were stories that were very important and should have gotten wider coverage or some coverage for that matter. If you have a candidate story that you would like to present, you know, to have us discuss today, do that at 888-874-4888. The lines are open. And uh, we should have had a couple of calls by now. But y'all are just so shy. What, what is all this shyness about? We should have lots to say. 888-874-4888. Jackie from Brooklyn, you start us off today. Okay, good afternoon, you trees. And to the family. Thank you so much. I'm so, I'm so happy to hear that you're recovering from your fall. But please be yeah. very careful. Uh, you know, we young girls, we don't, our bones don't heal as quickly as when we were in our 20s. So be careful. And I'm happy to know that you got your medical attention and that you're on your way to recovery, right? I am. Thank you. Good. Now, uh, there's a lot of news things going on um, in the, um, but my news is uh, what I was concerned about this week was, can you hear me? Because I'm getting another call. Yes, I'm hearing you. Okay. My news uh, feature this week, I tried to stay away from the whole diplomacy versus non-diplomacy regarding uh, Russian uh, invasion of Ukraine and regarding the United States of America. Uh, but I did look up to find out why is Ukraine so uh, important on the world stage, which, of course, I found out they have petroleum and oil. So as soon as you say oil and petroleum, 
you can kind of get an idea of where this is all going. But for me, what was more important was that uh, Aubrey's mother would not allow the, the DOJ, uh, Department of Justice, to give the three convicted uh, killers of her son a plea deal. And she insisted that they uh, go to trial on the issue of uh, the civil rights violation of her son, which resulted in the death of her son. So that was a big uh, news item for me. And I don't even understand why the um, president and the Department of Justice wouldn't see the significance of not offering them a plea deal. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of her. I'm glad she, uh, she reminded me of uh, modern-day Emmett Till's mother in the sense that she continued to fight for, uh, you know, what was properly for her son's um, killers to get the full extent of the law. Now we'll see if they really, uh, how they will sentence these three men. The other news item for me was the judge who sat there and cried when she had to sentence uh, the police officer who was convicted of manslaughter. And it just showed you how um, unimpartial that judge was to sit there and cry while she's sentencing the police officer. And she gave her less time than under the guidelines, the sentencing guidelines. So those were the now, two. Wait a minute. Items. Before you go any further, tell us about the police officer. You're talking about Kimberly Potter, I believe. Right. Yes. Kimberly Potter, who alleged that she mistook her taser, her firearm for a taser, and that she allegedly accidentally shot the young man in the chest. And of course, he died. So, um, after trial, the jury convicted her of uh, manslaughter, and it's my understanding the minimum sentence in the sentencing guidelines for that state should have been about seven years. And the judge went below the guidelines and sentenced her to two years. Plus, she gets credit for a time that she's already served. Uh, but what was very uh, disheartening was that the judge actually sat there and cried when she uh, sentenced her to the two years. And it shows the impartiality of, not, not impartiality, it shows the partiality of the judge and how she identifies with the uh, district attorney via the police. There's a lot of judges who say listening, For the benefit of those listening, could you just give us a, a synopsis of, or context of this case? And why it was so significant? Well, where it was significant on um, both of the cases is that uh, the lives of people that are, are uh, lost, well, in the Aubrey, it was the citizens' violence, but in the second case, it's police violence against a citizen, uh, which was initially came from a car stop regarding some, you know, ridiculous things. Uh, I think they claimed that he had an air freshener hanging from his mirror in his car, uh, and so they stopped him, this young man. I can't remember his name. I'm sorry to say that. But anyway, the police stopped him. Kim Potter was the police officer who was supposed to be a training officer. There were some younger officers with her. And um, she claims that she grabbed her taser 
to try to get the young driver under allegedly under control, but she uh, pulled out her service revolver and she shot him in the chest and killed him. So there was a jury trial. The child, the jury convicted her of manslaughter. Uh, and you know, the sentencing guidelines was within seven to 10 and she gave the police off. She meaning the judge gave the police officer two years in her sentence. And, but the, uh, telling part was that the judge sat there and cried. Now I understand that these cases, all of these cases are very emotional for everybody on every side, but if she couldn't, um, exercise judicial demeanor, then she should have either recused herself, the judge should have recused herself, or set, set the sentencing for another day, or see if some other judge could fill in for her to do the sentencing. But I think it was totally inappropriate, and it says uh, shows a lack, of, uh, a lack of sensitivity to all parties involved in that case. Does Thank you. And you're right. <laughs> Take care. Be careful how you're walking. Be careful. Look at Watch where you're stepping, okay? All right. Thank you so much. All right. Gwen from New York, you're on the air. Hi, you trees. I'm so Hi. sorry you fell. I have fallen too, but I have never hit that hard. So I, I'm so sorry for your fall. I wish you were falling in love instead. Oh, me too. <laughs> um. Of course, uh, for me, the one thing that's been on my mind uh, is this, uh, uh, the, uh, the idea that we're uh, practically pulling up to a war in Ukraine, and, uh, in Ukraine, I'm sorry. Ukraine, uh-huh. And it's, uh, and I'm watching, uh, a friend of mine suggested that Donald Trump might be, very well be behind this, and that, uh, you know, Biden is getting closed in on both sides, and, uh, the, Trumpian, the Trumpians are going to, um, you know, exploit this moment. And, of course, the lefties that are against the war are also going to, you know, go up against him, too, which could bring us right back to having Donald Trump as our president. And uh, so, you know, somebody called the other day and said, uh, I, I hope, one, hope one doesn't really vote for Donald Trump if, if, uh, if it comes down to it again. And, you know, I... Uh, I spoke too soon. This guy's a hunk of garbage. I would never vote for him. I don't want him as the president, and I don't want him behind the scenes. But I did think very much of you because you had said, you know, he is running a dual presidency. And he is running a dual presidency. Um, you know, this morning he was, uh, went on the record as saying that uh, he liked what Vladimir Putin was doing, that if he, if he could do it, he'd do the same thing. And um, it's very disturbing because he still has a, a quite, quite a, a hold on many people in the United States. And uh, I don't want to go to war with Russia at all. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I, you know, I want this to stop. But um, it's very, uh, it's, it's really jarring to hear this, this guy, you know, over there in left field saying, like, crazy things. I mean, I just think he should shut up and stay out of it. And I think we should back out of it. But now we're going to have a lot of people. I mean, there was actually a meeting last night. And as much as I, I support the truckers uh, and, I, and I support no mandate, but <clears throat> this could also come. I think the culmination of Ukraine and the, uh, and the trucker thing could end up uh, when Biden gives his, uh, his uh, State of the Union speech. And that would help Trump tremendously. 
And so even people that are on the side of trying to stop the mandate um, are kind of helping Trump out blindly, not knowing they're actually helping him. And uh, it's a really it's a really terrible conundrum to be in because uh, I am uh, vehemently against the mandate. And I'm vehemently against the war, but I'm also vehemently against having Trump as the president. I really don't want him again. And uh, so it's tricky politics, and uh, it's more like a chess game than anything else. And uh, you hear so many different things. You know, I was listening to NPR this morning, and they had a so-called expert on about Russia, a young woman, uh, and, and Ukraine. And, um, you know, she didn't say one, not one sentence about the fact that the United States has our weapons on the border of Russia. And maybe that's why they're so peed off. I mean, you know, I, we didn't like it when they did it to us, and they weren't on our border. They were in Cuba, and now we are literally sitting on their, their border. And, you know, uh, we are not in a good place either because it doesn't really matter what Biden does with, with the sanctions because Russia has so much oil. So you're going to see, you know, already prices are going up through the roof. Inflation is really bad. I mean, really <laughs> It really is bad. I mean, I, I am one person. I don't eat that much, but I've gone shopping three times this month, and e- each time it was over $100. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, inflation, and I'm feeling it because you can't get a job. If you won't get a, if you won't get a, a vaccine, you can't have a job. So I guess right now um, I'm very much on the edge of my seat about what we're going to do, and and I hate to see that 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 piece of crap Trump get in there and just get on the side there and be able to uh, usurp the moment. It's just it's so. He also started a new channel that's going to be. Um, he has a new app that is going to compete with the other apps, uh, so he can get back on and start tweeting again on his own app. So I mean, not that I I also also don't think anybody should be censored and not be able to be heard, but I I just. It is exactly what you said. He is he is running a dual presidency. And I think that I wouldn't have taken it as seriously or I wasn't taking it as seriously until we got to this place of war. This is really serious. And he should just shut his mouth. But, you know, we are where we are. What is Trump's ending here? And why is he being given such a wide berth, wide uh, space? To put well, it all together. Well, I think that there's, I, I, I think there's a lot of people that um, that still want him to be the president, and I think that they're not going away. And uh, I think that uh, there's also a lot of people that don't want to go to war with Russia. It puts everybody in a really strange place. You know, Trump's pretty much saying, "I'm not, I would not go to war with Russia." So, okay, so if you're anti-war, that puts you in a strange place. You don't want to go to war with Russia. And he's saying he won't do it. But, you know, then we have to have him as the president again. And that would be awful. And, but, and, you know, know, you should keep in mind his track record as regards truth. Right. If, if, somebody if brought that up. Remember too, these that, things, it, it, it would fall in place. Um, right. He, he talks, uh, you know, he's he talks out of both sides of his mouth, so he can, so quote unquote, he can never be wrong, and that was brought up this morning too. So just be careful, because he was actually talking. I don't know the other quote that he used that was kind of pro-war, but he talked both sides when he when he made this quote. But I mean, how devastating to hear this. Look, it just. It just makes us look really bad. It makes us look like a banana republic that's fracturing apart in the middle when you have this ex-president 
he's out here weighing in and, and, and given so much credibility that, you know, his quotes are flying all over the news today. And um, it just, it, it may, I, think that, I think the whole idea is to make Biden look as terribly weak as possible. Make him look as weak as a noodle, and, and then Trump comes sailing back in. And I think that Trump is really exploiting the moment, and it is making him look weak. I mean, you know, the, the, the inflation... The war, all this stuff is making Biden look terrible. I mean, I don't know, you know, uh, and I don't actually know what he could have done about it. I think the inflation probably is a consequence of what happened over the last two years, and including the tax cuts that, uh, that Trump gave to the rich people. I mean, already I see every time they give a huge tax break to rich people, what happens in the following president is that the IRS starts sending out notices that you didn't pay enough taxes. And I know this happened, like, um, after Bush gave those huge tax, tax cuts out the following year. People were all getting hit with, you didn't pay enough or you didn't file enough. Well, you know what? I got one of those letters, and they were wrong. And I, and I, it ended up that they owed me money. But, you know, a lot of my friends didn't have uh, the gumption to go up against the IRS. And they also didn't have a good enough accountant. So they just they made the deal, they buckled down, and they paid them. And that's what the IRS is counting on. So here goes the letters again. I get another one this month. This is crazy. I paid my taxes last year. And, but, but at the same time, you know, every time you get one of these gigantic tax cuts for the rich people, somebody has to pay those taxes. So the IRS has learned to just go after working-class people, people that are not making a whole lot of money, scare the bejesus out of them, and that is how they close the deficit. And here we are again. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons why people are feeling very uncomfortable. I mean, especially with this, 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 this you know, uh, COVID thing where people can't work now because if you, don't get, if you won't get a jab, you can't work. And, and so your, your money is so tight if you have any, any at all. And it's just um, it's a terrible place to be. And the, and the food is so expensive. So if you want to stay home and eat, you're, you're, you're still spending a whole lot of money just, just on food, food and gas. So these are the things that I don't think Biden, I don't know. Well, the one thing that is not being said, what is really concerning to me is what will it take for people to become real about Donald Trump? What else has to happen before they start questioning his sanity and his psychiatric profile? What what has to happen? He lies. He's a, totally committed to lying about everything, even when he doesn't have to lie. He lies. Right. He's not that smart. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is not smart at all. Mm-hmm. But he has created this image that he's a smart guy. He's one of those of the of the, the wealthy class and you know he lies about schools he went to and how well he has done and all that. the guy's a total figment of his own imagination when that group of psychiatrists and psychologists put out that comprehensive report it was meant to cause us to pay attention. Nobody paid attention. Nobody paid attention. When I said, this guy has designed a parallel presidency. That's what he's done. 
he moved out of the White House. He created a White House at, at Mar-a-Lago, where, by the way, he stashed, reportedly, 15 boxes containing very sensitive information, including classified information. And he's still walking around as a free guy. Nothing uh, has really gotten in his way. He's still meeting uh, foreign dignitaries and foreign uh, ministers and so forth and continuing to act as a president. And people are pretending that they, 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 they can't understand what he's doing. Well, no, he's just quirky. He's not quirky. He's mad. And with a very clear sense of what he wants to accomplish and has, has done it and continues to do it. Well, uh, there's no lawsuit, there are no injunctions, there's nothing that, you know, has challenged this, this man. He does whatever he wants to do. And people just, who are in a position, by the way, they should be asking for federal investigations by now. They should be bringing him to accountability by now, but nobody's doing it. Well, they say Carolyn Maloney is going to be uh, uh, investigating him, but, you know, I told a friend of mine the other day that she was going to be the, the big chief on this one. He laughed himself silly. He said, okay, well, that, that means he's going to get off the hook because she's not, she's not seen as a very credible source of power, uh, somebody that's really going to grab onto him. Um, but I also think that uh, it has this this war, this saber rattling, has really put him in a fantastic position because he, um, he has openly he, sided he, with the so-called enemy. He has openly sided. Yes, he called him a genius. What a brilliant yes. guy he is! And uh, he's doing everything possible to royal uh, the, the administration and other people who of influence who can stand up and say, we're not having this discussion. And it's time to move on uh, Donald Trump. It's time to move against him on, on his conduct. Just his conduct alone is self-indicting. You know. So very, very, very undermining, and it's 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 a failure for everybody. It ends up, you know, I'm not I'm not a Biden uh, rah rah girl or anything, and I certainly don't want us to attack Russia. I understand their feelings. I, I validate them. I think the right to not want us to have our weapons on their border, but I think Trump getting throwing himself in the middle of this just and it's always anything, just for his own. It's for him. That's he's not doing it because he cares about him. Uh, anything could any, Russia to him. That's what he's going to do. He's a person completely uh, enamored of himself. That's all. As long as he gets coverage, as long as he gets a say, as long as the television lights are focusing on him, he's happy. Right. 
and you know the the, he, the Satan's are feeding into his his fantasies, but his fantasies aren't really fantasies. They they're real. They're true. Because he's accomplished all these things which one would believe are impossible to to do. He's done it with their cooperation and approval. Right. And how many people keep saying to me, you know, there was no inflation under Trump. And what they can't understand is, yes, at that time, there wasn't. But you know what? Had he stayed the president, it would have come under him, too, because he created it. Okay? So it would have happened with him, too. I, I, you know, if we, if we hadn't given those tax cuts out, I don't think we would have this kind of inflation right now. I'm not sure if I'm right on that at all. I'm sure somebody will call up and say that I'm you know, not right. But I, I, the inflation is coming from somewhere. So I just think it had a lot to do with the last administration and, and you know, the whole thing with COVID. Thanks for calling in and contributing today. Thank you. Tony from Florida, you're on the air. What two story did I miss that you want to fill me in on? Okay. I wanted to continue the conversation off of Gwen because she said she didn't, she would want to hear somebody call in about the inflation. Well, it does have something to do with the previous administration is that they had oil prices dirt cheap, so dirt cheap that the shale industry in this country went out of business. They can't even enter even at these prices. Um, as far as Trump is concerned, uh, uh, doing this dual presidency and acting as if he uh, is still the legitimate president and um, they stole the election from him and all that nonsense, um, I think that's a good thing if and only when the Democrats can get their act together. And I say it's a good thing because when you are an incumbent president, which Donald Trump thinks he still is, uh, you're not supposed to have challengers against you during the primary. Now, that's going to create a big problem for the Republicans coming in 2024 because he's going to say, hey, I'm first in line. I'm still the president, you know. You're supposed to believe the uh, the whole narrative that they stole the election from me, and I'm still the legitimate president. So, so that's going to create a big problem for them. Unfortunately, the Democrats, and like I said, uh, 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 they need to get their act together because they want. They've been trying to pull the the cart before the horse ever since they got in office. Okay, and it started like I, I had called her a few days ago. And it ties in with the whole inflation thing. As uh, soon as Joe Biden gets in, he signs an executive order waging war against fossil fuels. Okay, because he had the he had to appease to the uh, uh, the, the new Green Deal base of the party, uh, uh, which came to his detriment because that created a snowball effect of inflation. When you raise fuel prices in the country, you raise inflation. You create inflation because. Everything depends on fuel. Everything runs on fuel in the country. Um, uh, unless, and, and I'm not anti-clean energy or anything like that, not pro-dirty fuel or anything like that, but we have to have a common-sense approach to how we transition to a cleaner uh, 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 way of, uh, of creating energy in this country. You can't just force it down people's throats and then expect everything to work out because there's always situations like what's happening in Ukraine uh, where, uh, you know, the policies, and matter of fact, it has nothing to do with Trump because Trump is too stupid to even have any involvement in it. 
Uh, and matter of fact, when he did try to get involved in Ukraine, guess what happened? Uh, they tried to impeach him. Uh, I'm sure people remember that. And the reason they tried to impeach him, because he was trying to meddle inside of Ukraine. He was trying to get inside the, 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 the dirtiness and the corruption that's in there. That goes back to the Obama and Clinton administration. This whole situation, what's happening in Ukraine right now, has Clinton's fingerprints all over it. It's part of the whole Libya collapse, the whole Syria collapse. Ukraine is just part of that whole domino effect of trying to replace uh, leaders in, in, in these countries to create a, a, a more pro-American uh, 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 approach in those countries. And that's what happened, is that they took out the pro-Russian president back then, and they put in a pro-American uh, uh, president or pro pro Western president, and without giving them guarantees that they will be part of NATO, and it's it's almost like a false promise that yeah, if you be if you be Western, we'll we'll make you NATO. But you know, that, it's like saying uh, you're going to make Mexico, uh, you know, part of Russia. You're not, United States is not going to stand for that. So Putin is defending his borders, and that's what's happening. But this goes back goes back the whole Ukraine nonsense that's happening over there goes back to the whole clinton obama trying to uh uh it, it was almost a continuation of the bush doctrine uh, basically it's what it was i have to ask has the american system political system of checks and balances utterly failed us here um, pretty much, because like, like I said, when the agenda, there's an agenda. See, uh, we always think that we can, uh, well, people think that when you vote for a president, that that president is going to do so many things. Like when Oba uh, Biden became, uh, was running for president, he was going to do so many things. He has done nothing. He's done nothing so far. I, I mean, compared to all the things that he promised that he was going to do. Um, uh, there's agendas. They, these are people, I mean, even this whole Ukraine thing, the, those are, those are policies that have been set decades ago. Okay. And people wonder, well, this is something new. No, most of the things that are happening in the world, as far as what the United States does are, are, these are, these are bureaucrats that are working in, in, in that's and that's what what happened with Trump when he tried to get in metal and, and try to find out get dirt on Joe Biden in Ukraine. Oh boy, all the bureaucrats they got geared up. They said, whoa, 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 whoa! You supposed to stay over there in the little Oval Office, Mr. Little President. We run this show over here, and that's when you had all those people that, that those top level people in the government were testifying against Trump. Those were people that were not so much offended that Trump did something illegal, but they were offended that he was trying to actually change policy within that country when that policy has been already set and that roadmap is already in place. You're not supposed to change those policies, whether it makes sense or not. And that's the problem in this country is that our bureaucratic system, and, that, and that's why countries like China and uh, Russia, they, they laugh at us because they see that we, we, we get ourselves all tangled up in knots. And then when we want to pound our chest like Biden's trying to do right now, you know, he can't really do anything because he's tied himself up in so many knots that, in fact, if he was to put sanctions on Russia, he's actually putting sanctions on us because we're so tied up in knots. That's the problem that we're in.
any idea of how to unknot the situation? <laughs> Unfortunately, the only idea to unknot it is to be honest. And this country is far from being honest with itself. And that's the problem. It's, it, as long as it's going to continue to play this fake, uh, two-faced uh, 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 game that it plays, where it stands for all of these rights and, 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 and human rights and all this stuff, but then it engages in the same abuses that it, it accuses others of doing, uh, there is no hope as far as, um, you know, in, in, that, in, in those regards. No hope, Tony? Not as, of, not as of yet. Not as of yet. <laughs> not as of yet. Like I said, uh, not as of yet. I'm sorry, but you know that's just the situation we're in. You know, like like so I said, when, uh, when, would, when would you concede if you see a glimmer of hope? What would be happening then? Okay, well, I'm gonna be honest with you. When when unfortunately a lot of this stuff has to do with the. Um, uh, you know, not to get into the whole racial. I mean, it, unfortunately, it all goes to race, and then unfortunately, it just does. You know, uh, when the United States is no longer viewed as a white supremacist country, then it might be able to go on to another path of uh, foreign policy. But as far as long as the United States is, is linked as a Anglo-Saxon uh, Northern Alliance type of country, um, it's going to continue in that path. Oh boy! The United States I'm gonna, I'm gonna go buy in, some in its previous wars. candles and pray. The you know the United States romanticizes in the previous wars, and and our the problem that we have with the Soviet well not the Soviet Union anymore but Russia is that we are stuck in that Cold War mentality. We're stuck in that World War II as far as dealing with them. As far as dealing with the, the, the citizens in this country, we're stuck in that old colonialism. We, the, 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 the country romanticizes in the past and doesn't uh, accept the, the reality of the moment of the now. And in the past, of course, America is always the winner. Always a winner. Yes. This the time that you're in, <laughs> can't guarantee that. So it's no. a very tough time for those people who make policy as well, that they are putting themselves technically in, in, in a challenge. Can they pull it off? Can they be credible when they say X, Y, Z that is in favor of the whole country because they don't have that credibility either. They don't have that track record. Wow. No, no because the, unfortunately the, we have people like currently in this administration that have a lot of ambition, a lot of uh, hope for a different type of future, but they have to deal with the now. It's the same thing. You, you, you can't romanticize and, and live in the past, and you cannot also romanticize and live in the future. We have to deal with the now and now. And right now, like for instance, when it comes to energy, our energy situation is really, really bad. Okay, Right now, they're actually negotiating with Iran or, or the nuclear deal, not so much for the nuclear part of the deal, but so that we can hurry up and get Iran's oil mm -hmm. on the market. That's what's happening right now. Okay? We need their oil. We need the oil in this country. 
but uh, because, you know, not in my backyard and because we believe in clean energy and all this nonsense, you know, we're hypocrites. In this country, we're a bunch of hypocrites, while the, the people that are in power, and, 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 and you know, we want, we, we want to have our cake and eat it, too, and that's the problem. We can't do that. That's not reality, okay? That's not reality. Tony, that's why we're going to pay a, quite a lesson today. Quite a lesson, <laughs> I'm telling you. And I'm so glad that you were able to, to expand and give us even more information. And I'm sure we'll be hearing uh, these themes in the future, in the not too distant future, from you, because I suspect strongly that you you're keeping check of these things. Thank you so much for contributing so meaningfully today. Thank you. Bill from Brooklyn, you're on the air. Good afternoon, you, Teresa, and everyone who's listening. Uh, Thank you, Bill. The... Good afternoon to you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. Uh, I've been listening to the, the comments of everyone, and, and uh, I'm going to take a different perspective um, for a number of reasons. First of all, I, I come from the perspective of, uh, of history, and I come from a family that's been involved extensively in the military. And uh, while I'm not a hawk by any means, what I do know is that there are times uh, when you must fight. And history is uh, now beckoning us to remember what happened with uh, Hitler and Chamberlain uh, when Hitler was trying to uh, do Chamberlain into a, a mindset of peace in, sp in spite of of the, the constant lies that he was telling, we have the same situation now with uh, Mr. Putin, who is a killer and who is focused on destroying the United States and the West as we now know it. And with all I learned a long time ago, when you were dealing with bullies at some time, at some point when they put, put you in the corner, you've got to come out fighting. We may not have any alternative. And I know people don't want to hear that, but this is the truth in terms of the, the world uh, situation we're into now. And uh, in regards to Mr. Uh, Trump, uh, who is a traitor, and uh, who, along with uh, Pompeo as well, who, with his comments, is shocking. He's the former director of an agency where I used to work many years ago. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm flabbergasted at this. But I do know that there is a time that, um, you know, there's a call to arms. And, and regarding the lady who mentioned about Cuba, that's apples and oranges. Cuba, United States did not annex Cuba. And with regarding the missiles that are supposedly on the borders of Russia, which there are in a defensive posture, uh, that is to contain uh, Putin and his, uh, his inclinations to at some point uh, regain uh, portions of his lost uh, former Soviet colonies, Soviet Union. So that's where I come from. And I come, like I said, from perspective of, you know, having worked in, in a field of intelligence and going to a little school up uh, in New Haven where, you know, some of those folks come from. But by no means am I hawkish. I know that war is hell. People die. And it's a serious thing. But at some point, uh, you must fight. That's what I have to say. You have to have clarity on this. I mean, this is a real world what, situation. What is the fight for, as you see it, what is the, the cause for the fight when you look the at cause, Americans? Yes. 
the cause is containment of, of Vladimir Putin, a former uh, KGB uh, operative and agent who headed the, the KGB years ago and who has a historical uh, vision and uh, of being another version of a Catherine the Great sort of, uh, you know, bringing back the, you know, the, the Russian empire under one umbrella. He's like Trump are, are they're madmen. And I do not believe that uh, Putin will go any further because he knows the, the consequences. And people should stop talking about Biden being weak. He's not weak. He's very resolved. He knows Putin. He knows the world dynamic. And he knows there's a time when you must put, you know, action behind words, which he has done. But there is still time for diplomacy. But, uh, but at the same time, uh, the United States must stand and our allies must stand strong against Putin because, you know, if, if it's Ukraine today, then it's Poland, you know, a year from now and Romania and so forth. Uh, and so that's, uh, that's the real situation in my perspective. And I know people don't want to hear about wars, but, uh, you know, at some point you have to decide on what team you're on. And our team is the United States of America. And there has to be a line drawn in the sand when, you know, when people cross that line, there are consequences. And those consequences must be solid and, res- and resolved. Which Americans have crossed that line in leadership? Which Americans in leadership have crossed that line and how so? First of all, Mr. Pompeo, the former uh, head of the United States Central Intelligence Agency, who, along with uh, Trump, has come out in a in an egregious manner in support of our enemy, yes, our enemy, Vladimir Putin, and we must see him as our enemy, uh, and because that is a fact. And so, when you have people like like Pompeo, people like Trump, people like the House leadership and the Republicans behind uh, uh, the uh, the Republican leadership, and the Republicans behind the Republican leadership, both on both sides of, of the houses, uh, then you know those are the folks that you know, are, you know, really at fault. And people must recognize that and, and call them into account. And, uh, and so this is a time, it's a very serious time where we must have, have unity. And unfortunately, history has shown that, you know, wars unfortunately bring about unity. And that's something that, you know, should not be repeated at all costs, if, if possible. Hmm. That's a very sobering observation that you're making here. Uh, are we ready for it? I think we better get ready for it. And I like one of the things you always have said as one of your monikers in that we must have clarity on this situation. Uh, clarity is essential. And, you know, people want to blur, you know, what's going on with racial politics and, you know, and bringing Cuba and all that. And it's, at this point, this is a moment for extreme clarity. And regarding Mr. Trump and his comments and how he has a fetish over war machinery, <laughs> the way he fetishized tanks <laughs> that Putin has assembled, is, it's, it's truly sick. And it's, it demonstrates that the man is, uh, is out of his mind. And I truly believe he has no chance of becoming president again. I think that Republicans in large, you know, really see how out of bounds uh, he is. And a, another Trump presidency, in my opinion, would be the end of the United States as we know it. He could not, uh, he could not 
in any way uh, manage or, or rule, for lack of better words, as president in a second or in another term. Well, we would have to leave it there for today because we're out of time. But there's always tomorrow, and we can continue. So I, I leave that there as a teaser for tomorrow uh, to continue the conversation. We've gotten such substantive responses today, it almost makes me happy to have broken my hand again. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to thank you thank you all thank you. we return to the discussion tomorrow thank you so much Bill uh, for you. your treatise today causing us to think so let's meet again tomorrow and do some more talking bye bye